how are we feeling today, church? <laughs> Ooh, I walked in sore. I walked in tired from yesterday. <clears throat> yesterday was exhausting. <laughs> but let me tell you what, that was, that was a time of refreshing. Do you feel refreshed this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I might get a little loud, so if I get a little, little loud, you guys are more than welcome to turn this microphone down a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Woo! Ah, praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, before I start, I just, I really do want to thank the men um, for all the, the work that they put in yesterday. You know, this church has an incredible group of godly men, and that is such a blessing because what this world really lacks is godly men, godly fathers. And I look out into this congregation, and I see men who are, have their hearts set before the Lord, don't always get things perfect, but praise God, Jesus is perfect. He, he made that available to us. And I tell you what, it, we've got men who just hearts sold out to the Lord and ready to do whatever is necessary when it comes to pulling out plants and getting on a roof and fixing things to serving our women's ministry. I hope you're, I think it was a blessing just as much to us men to really be a blessing and to be in fellowship with one another and to serve. And uh, well, that was a blessing. So I, I pray that really God was just honored in that time. I really do feel like he was honored by that because we're just pouring out and just loving as we are commanded and, and, and told to love the Lord and then love your neighbor. You know, we really just put that into effect <laughs> yesterday. Because that was an outpouring of love. When you're trying, Raj, when you're trying to cut a palm tree with a sawzall. <laughs> we did it. We did it. And I tell you what, the church looks great because of it. So, <laughs> yeah. Great job, everybody. Okay, so uh, I feel like it's been... Uh, it's, it feels like it's been generations since I've preached, and it's only been two weeks. <laughs> but being gone, it just, it just feels a little, little uh, foreign to me right now. But uh, you can go ahead and start, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and start turning to Jeremiah 29. You probably know it from my heart, but I'm going to go there anyways. And today I'd like to just start a, just a two-part series on prayer. Very simply, prayer. And if you'll just... Give me the time and the attention that is required for, for his word. You're not really giving it to me. You're giving it to the Lord. I believe that this word is from the Lord. And the reason I know that is because it was first instructed to me. And this was, when I'm sharing this with you, I want to go ahead and preface right now. These sometimes were hard truths that I had to experience. And it, it broke me, but it shaped me. And I just pray that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, continues to shape every single person in this congregation. Because no matter your age, no matter how long you've been in church, you are always growing. We are always growing, taking step by step into greater depths of his love and the fullness of God. So, first thing I thought of, man, when I think about prayer, I think that MC Hammer song. We've got to pray just to make it today. Hey, you guys know what I'm saying. Right. 
Oh, but that's really, there's, there's truth to that. I don't, I don't even know what else he sings about in that song. I'm just going to be honest. I have no idea, but I know that part. So, <laughs> and, the, and the pants, the, the, what are they called? Parachute. I was going to say tent pants. I couldn't remember what they were called. Praise God. Lord, we just lift up this time to you right now. Lord, I pray that you would give me your words. Lord, you give me the tongue of a ready writer today, Father, and that you would give us ears to hear, Lord God. And as we hear this Lord, this word, Lord God, that we would be doers of this word, Lord. We'd be set to motion by this word, that you would set our feet to motion and to action today, Lord God, that you would convict our hearts. Holy Spirit, we invite you to convict our hearts, to reveal stuff to us that we may have ignored, or may lie to ourselves about. And I just pray that you would just reveal truth to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Jeremiah 29.10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Mm. Hallelujah. When I felt this word about prayer, I'm going to approach it the same way I <laughs> felt like I approached the Lord. Lord, I know why I need to pray. I've been taught my entire life. I know why I need to pray. But I think what becomes the problem is we often lack the discipline. We often lack the desire, the time that we do not afford, whatever it is. We have made our time with the Lord a low priority. Does anybody here have a friend who only calls when they need something? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, hello, I haven't, haven't spoken to you in five years, but you remember I have a pressure washer that you want to borrow. Yeah, sure, no problem. I used to work for Universal. The phone calls I would get all the time, all the time. People I haven't spoken to in maybe 10 years. Hey, oh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we're going to be in town for a week. Could we? I know you still work at Universal. Could you just spare seven tickets? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah, we all have those people in some regard in our lives, right? I think we could all agree. Yeah, we've had someone like that. Here's the tough part, you know. Compare that to a, a close friend or family member, okay? If a close friend or a family member comes to you with a request, you're more likely going to help that person, a family member or friend, even if it comes to great expense, than someone who you haven't spoken to in 10 years and is just calling you to ask for something. Amen. Do you hear what I'm, where I'm going with this? Come on. Compare that, folks. And now certainly you will think about that in our relationship with the Lord, right? I think if we want to understand why things feel so messed up in our lives, and we only really have to look at our commitment to prayer. 
Because I feel like, and this is what I felt like the Lord said to me, and I'm going to share it with you. God was saying, you know, I know you've been giving me lip service. I know that you only come to me when you want something. (laughs) But I want to see if you're really hungry, if you're desperate for my glory. So you're going to have to come up a little higher. You're going to have to come a little closer in your time with me. Because, folks, the Lord knows, and he sees our hearts. He knows where you are. He knows your level of faith, your level of obedience, your level of love and commitment. Right? So if we just know how to say nice words, you're no different than the Pharisees that Jesus speaks on. Right? So if you want to know how to get out of the mess that you're in, (laughs) you're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to change the way you pray. You're praying, God, I need this. God, help me here. But God's saying, you're going to have to come up a little higher. You're going to have to get a little more hungry, a little more desperate for my glory. Because I haven't heard from you in a while. (laughs) You're coming to me for bread, forgetting that I am the bread of life. You're looking for the bread. I've got so much more for you. You just got to get a little more hungry. Do you hear what I'm preaching to you today? Do you hear what I'm saying? See, I want, I want my prayer life, I want my connection to God to be well-pleasing to him, right? I want to be pleasing, Lord. And so when we give, when we give out of the abundance of our heart, it will be given to us with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running, running over, hallelujah. You know that verse, Luke 6, 38? It means that, He doesn't give back in equal measurement when we give. Does that make sense? He does not give back in equal measurement. He gives back in an abundant measurement. Okay, it's kind of like when you go to the store and you buy something. It's a buy one, get 10 free sale. Hallelujah. You put in a little bit, he's going to give you a lot of it. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you today? That's his grace. Thank God for your grace. You, we did nothing to earn it. But he gives it to us anyways. Hallelujah. So prayer is not just about making a bunch of requests to God. It's not about giving all these, this list of your needs. This is about making a connection, making a relationship with the Lord, posturing ourselves before him. Just saying, Lord, I'm nothing. But I I know that I have no need or want that you cannot provide. So I'm just going to put it in your hands and I'm just going to lay myself down right now. Use me, Lord. Speak to me wherever it is. But if you don't pray, folks, if you don't seek this time, don't expect to be connected with God. If prayer is your connection and you do not pray, do not expect to be connected with God. It's as simple as that. But here's the good news. God is still reaching out to you today. He's still reaching out to us today. I'm not here to chastise you. I'm here to wake you up as Jesus woke me up, okay? Because he showers us with love and grace every day. And he desires to be in fellowship with you and I. Amen. So all you have to do is look back into this this example we read in Jeremiah. And of course, there's a lot of accounts of this Babylonian exile And the prophecy, we talk about it a lot because it's very relevant. 
But let me just read for you again, verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. The important part I want you to see is when, he is, when, when God is saying, I, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All your heart. Not lip service, not just a little bit of repetitious prayer, all of your heart. That takes sacrifice, and that takes discipline, that takes time. It takes a lot of things that sometimes we're unwilling to give. Then he says, this is the promise, I will be found by you. I will listen to you. You will find me when you search for me, and I will gather you up. No matter where you are, God is reaching out to you still. No matter where you've been, whatever the choices you've made, God is still reaching out to you. But a lot of times we like to focus on verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you. Whatever the version that you like to read most. We like to hold on to that. Oh, God has a plan for me. God has a purpose for me because I'm a Christian. See, the people of this time, the Israelites, would have considered themselves followers of Yahweh, right? They would have done the rituals, and they would have gone to the temple when it was required for the festivals, and they would have made the sacrifices when it was necessary, when they were told to. But their hearts were far from him. But even still, you can just look to verse 12. Verse 11, wherever it is right here, you're going to see that regardless of the decisions that were made, he still draws them back. He says, you're going to have to go through some refinement. You're going to have to go through some fire, years of captivity, whatever it is. But through that, I will find you when you search for me with all your heart. So we want God to prosper us. We all, we all desire prosperity, whatever it is, but ultimately it requires our whole heart. Oh. And I just felt like the Lord, the word over me, the word for you, is until you're ready to turn to me, until you're hungry enough and seek my face, turn from your ways, you're going to stay where you are. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you want the same results, you do the same actions, right? You just keep doing the same thing. But the beauty here is that you're never too far away from God that he cannot hear you. When you're ready to call out to connect with him, he will show himself to you and he will pick you up out of that miry clay. He binds the brokenhearted and sets the captives free. He heals all your diseases and wipes away all your tears. And he can make the lame walk and the blind see. Hallelujah. This is what we see, right? This blood comes, there's victory through his blood. Hallelujah. But the thing I would, I want to really hit home is if your prayer life is, has been limited to, to bedtime, to emergencies, to occasional, whatever, repetitious, words that you've learned to just say over time 
even if that's what your prayer life has been, God is still here with open arms, but the relationship is two-sided. So we all have that family member or friend that only calls once a blue moon when they need something. Is that what your prayer life has become? That is my question to you, and I want you to seriously reflect on that for a moment. And it's okay that it's quiet in here. That's okay. I don't need you to shout. I don't need you to do anything. Right now, I just want you to think about the last time that you have intimately spent 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes, with Jesus. Uninterrupted. Something that you committed to. And there's no, you know, there's no barometer of, of how many minutes you got to put in for prayer a day. I don't believe in any of that. It's just your heart. Where is your heart in this matter? Okay? Because prayer is your appointment with God. You can treat appointments in life in two ways. In two ways. You can treat it with utter disregard. Right? First excuse that comes to your mind, you cancel. You plan to go to a gathering. I got a headache. I'm not going to be able to make it. Right? That's one way. Or you could treat your appointment another way. But there's no cancellations. The cancellation fee is too high. <laughs> God, I'm not going to cancel this appointment with you. I need this time. This time, I need this. Because, Lord, I know that if I don't do this right now, I might mess up. I know if I don't spend this time, I might go back to where I was. I know if I don't spend this time, I'm going to start losing faith. You know, you can even relate this to an appointment with, you know, an important specialist. I've heard a few people in here talk about, you know, when you have a specialist you're trying to see, sometimes it's hard to get an appointment. And so when you get that appointment, it feels like a huge victory. Yeah. And so if you get that appointment, you're not going to cancel it. <laughs> and when you get to that appointment... And you've seen the doctor. You're not going to be on your phone texting or whatever while he's giving your diagnosis. <laughs> right? It's very important that you are present in his presence. Do you hear what I say? Be present in his presence. It is crucial. And I'm going to give you a little side note here. Did you know, and it depends on the task, but did you know that if you're on a task in your office, whatever it is, and you stop to text somebody back, do whatever that was, it pulls your focus for almost 20 minutes because it takes you that long to get back into the zone of where you were. And I think that's important to think about in our prayer life because it's easy to get distracted. And you know what? That's natural. We're very busy people. <laughs> it's easy to get distracted. But the, things is, the, the, the problem is when you allow the distraction to overcome your prayer. Okay? What I've learned to do, and I'm just going to share this. This is my little tip. What I've learned to do is whenever a distraction comes my way, I say, thank you, Lord, for that distraction. Lord, I'm thinking about, yes, Lord, thank you for that dinner that I'm going to have later tonight. Lord, I thank you that you provide. Reverse it. Turn it around. Do what you have to to get those distractions and get your eyes back on the Lord and get back onto your relationship with him and what's more important. Because distractions and those, those things will come. It's just natural. 
But I'm inviting you to make sure that you do not allow those things to overcome your prayer time. Okay? And you make this appointment, an appointment that you cannot cancel. You cannot cancel it. It is an important time. I need to see the great physician right now because I need to know what's going on. I need someone to talk to right now. Do you hear me? (laughs) Hallelujah. And so we need to be present in his presence. If I have to say that 20 times, so you remember that. If you walk out of here and you do not recite that, that's on me. Be present in its presence. <laughs> if you're going to be there, if you're going to spend the time, give them your attention. Be present. <laughs> Sometimes you, and I know, it, it becomes natural. You, you're tired. So for me, the absolute time that I give for the Lord is first thing in the morning. I wake up before anybody else. I give myself about an hour and a half. Because I know it's going to take me about 15 minutes just to wake up. (laughs) So I have to give myself time. And I know that I have to go to a place where I will not be distracted. And I have to go to a place where I'm not afraid of disturbing anybody or they're disturbing me. It needs to be somewhere, wherever it needs to be for you. I'm not saying it has to be in the morning, in the afternoon, evening, wherever it is for you. But get alone with Jesus. Get alone. Hallelujah. Because what I really believe, folks, is is the greatest cause of these overwhelming anxieties amongst the saints and fear, monotony, confusion is just the lack of prayer, (laughs) lack of fellowship with God. Okay, I truthfully believe that. And the problem is, is lack brings lack. That is... If you're taking notes, I'm giving you a couple little things here, okay? Be present in its presence. Lack brings lack. If you got to remind yourself sometime, remember that. Lack brings lack. Psalm 34.10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You know, I really haven't even broken down necessarily why we need to pray because I believe that most of us know why we need to pray. I think we need to understand why we don't pray. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We need to wake up. Why don't we pray? Why are we not making this commitment? Why are we not obeying the word? Why are we not doing these things? Is it because we're too busy? Believe me, I know. I know what it's like to be busy. It's okay to be busy, but it's not okay to allow the busyness of our lives to be an excuse for no prayer, right? It's not okay. The Lord comes first, above your career, above your family, comes first. And so I believe a lot of us know why we should pray, but many of us, sometimes we just like to ignore that fact, or maybe we've even lied to ourselves and and told ourselves that, well, we pray enough coming to him, you know, occasionally, bedtime prayer, whatever it is. If you're a student, you know, a lot of the students, when they're nervous, they start praying before a test, a big exam. Oh, Lord Jesus, if you just help me with this test, I I promise I'll be good. (laughs) You know, and and I really, I I feel it very necessary to speak the truth today because my job as a minister is... To not lift you up. 
right? It's not, lift, it's not to lift you up and make you feel good about yourself. It's to lift God up in you. Am I making sense when I say that? It's to make sure that you are vessels. When you're going out into your work, your schools, your homes, restaurants, that the love of God and the Holy Spirit was so evident in you that someone will know something is just different about you. And so if I'm just telling you everything you want to hear, you're not getting the refinement that's necessary in the word. Because that process is incredibly important. When you're looking for something that's authentic and pure, it has to be refined. That is why it's a part of our mission. If you look at that three-part mission on the wall, that is why refinement is the first process. You got to remove the outer shell, all of the impurities, the things that are not authentic, the things that are not according to his word. And when you go through that process, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And so sometimes you have to hear truths. You're not praying enough. I'm not praying enough. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> if I could just spend more time with him, oh, the change we would see, right? God is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. So my job is to see God lifted high in us. And I think about the Apostle Paul when I think about this. You know, so many of us, we live our lives and we're so worried about that people will think too little of us or that we did not make enough impact. And I look at the Apostle Paul. He was more concerned that people would think too much of him too much of himself and not enough of God and God's glory through him. So deflecting to God's glory, God's power. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And so that preparation I'm trying to, I'm trying to emphasize here is you may be concerned about not making enough impact, but if it's a concern about not making enough impact for your name's sake, that's a problem. That's self-exaltation versus God's exaltation. Right? Our focus is to exalt God. We are here to be worshipers. Your entire life, the way you conduct your lives, is an act of worship. Oh, I don't even know where I am in my notes. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm just following the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. My, my call is for this church to be vessels for his glory, right? I never want this, this to be a place where I see a few empty seats today. Never to be concerned about making sure that every seat is filled, but rather that when you are out into the world, when you leave this place, you don't leave this place the same, and you leave this place equipped and empowered to be vessels for his glory. Let your light shine. <laughs> we are called to be salt and light. We just sang the song, My Lighthouse. This church needs to be a lighthouse, a beacon for the lost, for the lonely, for the dying, for the hurting, wherever it is. This place needs to be a house. And when I say this place, I'm not talking about the walls, the roof. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about the church. That is us. That is the body. Hallelujah.
And you know what it all boils down to? It all starts in your prayer life. It all starts in prayer. It all starts in prayer. If you come here and this is the only time you've prayed this week, that's not enough. It's not enough. Please understand, folks, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to chastise you. I'm just trying to show you a better way, and I'm trying to wake us up. If you want to experience healing in your body, if you want to see that breakthrough in your family, you want to see people come to Christ, and bondage is broken, we have to pray. We have to pray. It's as simple as that. But the execution is always not always there. I'm just being real, and I'm just being honest. And it's not everybody. And it's not every time. We, sometimes we go through these ebbs and flows. But right now, if you're, on a, you're, you're having a difficult time, I'm here to encourage you, okay? You're never too far from God, wherever you've been, okay? You're never too far, and you're never too busy, okay? There's always time. We always find time to watch a TV show. <laughs> we always find time for something. There's time, okay? It's time to get hungry, not for bread, but for the bread of life. Because you know what? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, right? And he calls me his friend. What kind of friend have we been? The one who only calls occasionally. Hallelujah. So let me answer a little with some scripture of why we should pray. I don't even know where we're going with this, but we're going to go wherever the Holy Spirit leads. We're going to go to James chapter 5. That's in my notes. That I know. James chapter 5. Verse 13, another familiar passage. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like to say availeth much. It just feels better. (laughs) Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. If you go back through here, and I hope my math is correct, but I counted pray, prayer. I'm kind of considering it the same category here. I counted that seven times in this short passage, right? There is an emphasis here. If you're lacking something, you need to pray. If you're hurting, you need to pray. If you're cheerful, you need to pray. (laughs) Amen. So I have five points to go along with this. The first point is this, prayer connects us to hearing God. To make that connection to actively listening, folks, we have to be present in his presence. Connection is two-sided, right? If he's speaking to you and you're not listening, you're not going to hear him. (laughs) So get in a quiet place and patiently pursue him. Point number two, prayer connects us to God's character. We will understand God's ways and his desires when we are in fellowship with him. We'll see more of his fullness. Connects us with his character. 
And so we begin to take, take on the character of God when we are in connection. Love, just, <laughs> hallelujah. Point number three, prayer produces perseverance. Many times praying is hard. <laughs> but God is developing this fervent, persistent warriors in us. Hallelujah. That when the wiles and the schemes of the devil come against you, you have everything you need because you are in connection with the Lord and he will fight your battles for you. Produces perseverance. And you just have to go back to James 5. The effective, fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. Persistent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Point number four, prayer shifts the atmosphere. As he alluded to here, Elijah prayed that it, did, it would not rain, and then he prayed it would rain. His prayer literally, literally shifted the atmosphere. <laughs> literally shifted the atmosphere. But some of us just need the atmosphere of our homes to change. There is brokenness. There is stress. There is darkness in your homes. You've got some spiritual warfare going on in your homes. And you need the atmosphere of your home to change. And it's only going to change through your prayer. And the power of the Holy Spirit abiding in us. So you got to pray that God would just open the floodgates of heaven in your home, wherever it is that you're praying for, that he would shift the tides, wherever they are right now. It's shifting in motion. Hallelujah. Point number five, prayer moves God's heart. I, I've heard the quote, and I have to be honest, I don't remember. I'm borrowing this quote, but this is a good one to write down. We move the hands that move the universe. We move the hands that move the universe. You can look at examples of the Hannah, how she fervently prayed for a son, was given Samuel. You can look at how the church prayed for Peter and his chains fell off. <laughs> it wasn't some massive earthquake in this instance. No, just angel came. Get up. <laughs> Get up. There's so many examples. Hezekiah and the people of Judah praying when Sennacherib King of Assyria is on their doorsteps, mocking them, telling them lies. And overnight, the Lord fought that battle and decimated that army. Hallelujah. And I can give you an example. We can go talk about examples. And, it, you know, it's great to encourage us. But just know that our prayers, okay, they move the hands that move the universe. Doesn't that just build up your faith today? That builds up my faith. We're not wandering through life alone. Right? We have a friend. Let me tell you about him. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are weary laden, and I will give you rest. We know this verse. Let me, let me point out something to you. That original Greek term for laden, when we're talking about heavy laden, you'll probably correct me. I'm sorry. Fortizo. Fortizo, I, I'm trying to get my Greek on, but I, yeah, that's just not so great. <laughs> the, 
the original term there for heavy laden, fortizo. And it was used as a nautical term to describe a boat that was overloaded. It was never meant to carry that weight in the first place. It was never meant to carry that weight in the first place. What happens when a boat has got too much weight? It was never meant to carry. That boat will sink. Jesus says, you don't have to sink. I will carry this load for you. I will bring you rest. I will lift you up. But you have to come to me. You have to come to me. Come to me. All you who, are, who labor and are about to sink, who feel like you've got nothing left, you feel like you're on the brink of just quitting, and I will give you rest. But you have to come to me. Folks, the biggest thing I could point out to you right here from this is you don't have to carry this burden alone. You do not carry this burden alone. But Jesus says, come to me. And can I tell you about this awesome Savior? (laughs) Can I tell you about him? How he's going to lift you up. How he's going to carry this burden for you. You cast your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. Cast your anxieties. All of this stress, all these problems. Lay it at the feet of the cross. Hallelujah. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, he's awesome. How could you not want to spend time with him? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read out of Psalm 34. I'm going to read the entire psalm because it's necessary, and I think it'll bless you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. Do you hear this ongoing theme here? When you cry out to the Lord, he hears you. Sorry. 
Some of you just need to open up your ears right now. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Woo! (laughs) Let that bless you today. Come on, if you're going through something, whatever it is, just read this. Commit this to your spirit. And when you pray, begin to pray back the promises of God. Next week, we're going to talk about how we pray. I don't want to get too far into that yet. But let me just tell you what. This word is life, and it's going to fill your bones. Hallelujah. And it's going to fill you with joy, and it's going to fill you with peace, and it's going to fill you with breakthrough, right? Because it's going to make you an overcomer by his word. Hallelujah. Let's stand. We just sang about overcoming. I don't know. Hallelujah. I love how the Holy Spirit works. You know, when we come up with these songs to sing on Sunday, we don't even think about it. We don't think about it. We just say, Whatever you're, wherever you're leading us, Lord. I just love how the appointment comes together, right? The Lord ordains these times. Hallelujah. Felicia's going to sing a song. If you need prayer, if you're believing something, I'm going to ask the elders of the church to lay hands and pray. If you need to get alone and pray, but I encourage you to do so and seek the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah.